You've entered the gray area, the intersection of culture and technology. I'm your host, Angela Benton. Welcome to another episode of the gray area from week number four in quarantine. And I wanted to actually do this episode um, because of some recent developments. Uh, I've been taking a break like everyone else and just trying to be centered and focused on everything that's happening um, in the now. And so I did take a break on these podcasts, but there are some developments that um, happened recently, actually today, that made me want to go ahead and and do a podcast to try to get more information out there. And you guys may have uh, heard me speak about this before, but it's around contact tracing. And so contact tracing is basically how um, folks in public health basically track um, how a virus or disease is spread between individuals. And um, there's been a lot of conversation around um, if this this some type of contact tracing may happen in the United States. Um, it's already in play in China. Most folks are like, oh, that could never happen in the United States because we're not a mass surveillance state. And as of today, um, there was a recent announcement um, as of a few hours ago that Apple and Google are both teaming up to do COVID-19 contact tracing and potentially track up to 3 billion people that are using their devices. And so to get a little bit of um, a better understanding on what this actually means for us and um, how it's already, contact tracing is already being used in other places um, like China. Listen to this clip from Anderson Cooper um, with a journalist that's based in um, China. But we do everything on, on apps here, including payment. So there's no touching, handing credit cards, there's no cash. So they use this big data, this Alipay app, and you have to push a button every single time you're going to show it. So you can't just screenshot it. And you wait for what we consider to be our golden ticket, or in this case, a green one. It's a green QR code. If it turns yellow or red, you've been flagged for some reason. So it's kind of a big brother you know, surveillance type. But the reality is that's become a source of pride for many people here when you know you can get into a hotel or a restaurant or a shopping mall. And people even have gone to the extent of having those in the hospitality industry and service industry print them out on stickers and put them on their lapel so that you know you're dealing with somebody who likely has not been exposed to a confirmed case. But here's how specific this data gets, and it's kind of frighteningly so. They can tell where you have been on a plane. For example, if you were on a, an aircraft that had a confirmed case, if you were at the front of the cabin, well, chances are you'd still have a green QR code. If you were eight rows ahead, you might have a yellow one. If you were four rows ahead of that confirmed case, might be red. So that's the, the kind of detail that they get into. Wow. I mean, we have nothing. We're not even close to anything like that uh, here in the U.S. Just in terms of contact tracing. I'm not sure. You know, uh, obviously, there's all sorts of civil, civil liberties issues as well. David, appreciate it. Sure. Uh, all your reporting, as always. About so, like I mentioned before, um, these are 
can be scary times, but they don't have to be scary times if you actually know what's going on. I'm including in this podcast episode a link to the article of Google and Apple um, teaming up. And so in the article, they detail basically the plan. Um, So the first phase, which is scheduled to happen around mid-May, includes an app that they will both roll out. So the app will be able to share data between different devices. Um, There will also have a a framework for public health officials to actually access and manage um, the data. Now, some of the questions are, okay, well, you know, how long (laughs) will these, these folks have access to my data? Um, Apple and Google, but then also, of course, you know, public public health officials. Phase two of the rollout, and to me, this is this is the area that is is most concerning. Okay, you know, they roll out an app mid May. You you may or may not use it um, or download it, but phase two, which will happen over the next several months. Um, will be both Apple and Google making changes to their operating system that allows for data to be shared between devices. This also includes your public, your not your public, your health data that is located on your phone. So I don't know how many of you use Apple Apple Health. Um, I use it mainly to track my steps, but I don't have anything saved in there like my blood type or anything like that. Basically, Apple and Google will allow you to um, put in your COVID-19 status, um, and then they will use that data plus the location data that's on your phone to triangulate and identify people that you have been around and notify them of their possible exposure to a virus. So I completely, um, agree with that. Don't get me wrong. The issue that I have with this is that in the United States, no federal privacy law exists right now. So the implications of Google and Apple rolling something out like this with no federal consumer privacy law in place is very, very scary because essentially big tech can do whatever they want with your data. And once they're able to do whatever they want with their data, as we've seen in cases like Facebook, it's going to be very hard to roll to roll that stuff back without some type of scandal, for instance, like um, what happened with Cambridge Analytica. Now, both Google and Apple are are saying that they will not have access to consumer location data or they will not have access to um, your healthcare data that you may choose to share either through the app or or that may be pulling um, through the OS. But um, I don't see really how that's possible considering, if you think about it, many of the services that both Google and Apple run on top of their operating system. So I'm talking about applications like 
Google Maps or Apple Maps or Find My Phone or Find My Friends, all of those services um, access your location. And so even if they're saying, oh, we don't have access to your um, location data, we know that's not true because services that operate on top of their platforms do have access to your data. So another, another thing to think about is how is privacy actually handled in the United States. So I already touched on um, not having a federal privacy law in place, which is is a huge deal. The closest we've gotten to this was CCPA. And you guys can check out um, a previous episode where I talked about CCPA and um, why it's even important. Um, A good thing about all of this is um, there are there have been some movement in um, Congress. So a new bill was actually introduced on on March 13th called the Consumer Data Privacy and Security Act of 2020. Um, and that act, I will also link to it in the notes of um, this podcast. But that act, it, it actually adopts some of what CCPA, which is California Consumer Protection Act, um, puts in place around consumer um, data ownership and actually having access to your data and being able to request your data. Just yesterday, um, also, there was a hearing, of course, we're all in quarantine, but there was a paper hearing um, on April 9th yesterday with Senator Roger Wicker of Mississippi. And so he's the chairman of the Committee on Commerce, Science, and Transportation. And so what the committee did yesterday was they met, gave statements, um, asked questions, and also um, answered some questions around the recent uses of aggregate and anonymized consumer data to identify potential hotspots of coronavirus transmission. And they also met to help accelerate um, to help accelerate any any bills that are um, currently pending. So where a lot of this stands is this is not the first, this is not the first act um, that's been or bill that's been introduced to, to Congress. There's been several privacy bills that have been introduced, but um, there's just been a lot of back and forth where people, um, the Democrats and the Republicans couldn't really agree on a standard. Um, and so, you know, the committee also met to examine basically how consumer privacy rights are being protected and what the U.S. government plans to do, um, specifically with the COVID-related data collection process at the end of this national emergency. And so a lot of things are happening in the background. I know it's a lot of different moving pieces, which is also kind of why I wanted to take the time to do this podcast, because I know um, for, for, for one, one thing that I've noticed is a lot of the news that I had been getting, you know, on a regular basis, because we've been in this crisis, I don't really, I don't really get that news. That news doesn't really surface up, not even, you know, on my Apple news, I have to kind of go and dig to find news related to privacy or um, technology. Everything is pretty, is pretty much focused on 
COVID related or coronavirus related um, topics. And so that's actually the only reason why I had gotten this alert um, about Google and and Apple is because the news story um, framed it as being um, COVID related, which obviously it is COVID related, but it's also a huge privacy um, issue. Um, Okay, and to close out, I just want to touch on why this is all important. Every aspect of the world and our society is changing, and so is our privacy. And that's something that we need to be prepared for. We need to really make sure that big tech and legislators are taking consumer privacy into consideration now before Google, Apple, and the likes start to deploy apps like the app they're going to deploy in mid-May and modify their operating system um, to increase consumer tracking and data sharing. If we don't take action today, then it's going to be very, very hard for us to backtrack and get our privacy back. So here's some things that you guys can do. In the meantime, if you follow me on social media, you know that I'm always telling you guys to download or request your data. It's very, very important to do, mainly just really so that you can be aware of what these companies even have um, on your activity. Google makes it very, very easy to download your data. You go to um, Takeout. If you just search Google Takeout, it'll take you to their privacy portal where you can easily download every single data file um, that they have for you. Be prepared to receive a huge archive with hundreds of nested folders on your data. Yes, that is the standard of how people are transmitting or these organizations are transmitting your your data to you. Um, You can also go through the process of requesting your data from Apple and their privacy portal. Apple, to be quite honest, is less transparent. Um, I tried to request my location data from them. My file was empty, which I know is just not true because I don't even have um, my location turned off. It's turned on on my phone. And so I went through the whole process of requesting all of my data from them. The data files from Apple are going to be pretty sparse. I also went through the process of talking to someone in their um, user support to actually get access to my data. And I was on chat with them for about two hours going around in circles. But I do still feel like going through the process of requesting your data from Apple is important because at least there will be a record of you doing so. Um, if you want, you can also turn off location sharing at the device level. What this is going to do is this is actually going to force individual apps to request your location. At least that way you're aware of who is using your location and what they're using it for. It just depends on, you know, how careful you want to be. Finally, I actually launched a petition on change.org and I'd love for you guys to support it. My plan with all of this is actually to write a letter to several members in Congress on why this is um, very important that we don't ignore consumer rights and especially related to 
COVID-19. As many of you know by now, um, African-Americans are definitely getting infected and have higher mortality rates than other races. And so what this says to me is just piecing everything together, um, who's going to end up getting tracked more once Google and Apple start to roll this out? It's going to be the people that have been um, infected and or exposed. And so this is really a human rights issue, and we need to treat it as such. And so I created a petition on change.org. I will also link it in the show notes um, and would love to have you guys go and sign. I plan on um, accompanying the signatures with my letter. Some things that you'll see in the petition are, of course, me talking about um, the announcement today between Google and Apple, but also the three things that I'm asking for that I'm saying that are really imperative in the petition are we need to limit how long consumer data is accessed during national states of emergency. This is something that's very important. As it stands right now, there's no time limit on how long Google and Apple will have access to any of your information that's going to be um, shared. Um, Secondly, I'm also asking lawmakers to enforce a universal data standard so that consumers can have access to all of their data in one data file. Um, You'll notice how big of a problem this is once you start to download your files from Google and Apple. Um, Your data files are pretty easy to manage when you're dealing with individual services like a Netflix or a Hulu. But when you start to download your data from multi-service companies like Google, like Amazon, like Apple, which, by the way, are all the top three um, technology companies, then it becomes a bigger issue because the data that you're actually getting is unstructured. Um, not that it's just not in one, one file. It's also that you have several different files. You're going to get a CSV. Some files are going to be HTML. Some files are going to be JSON. So what I'm asking, um, and bringing to their attention is that our privacy act also needs to include a universal data standard so that consumers have access to all their data in one file standard. The third thing that I'm asking is to ensure that consumers can also easily access and download their files. Right now, folks are making it very, very hard for you to access um, your data. Um, For instance, the example that I just gave with Apple, um, most companies are being um, transparent around having portals where you can actually request it. But some companies say, oh, you can only request it, request your data once a year or twice a year. And it's because there's nothing regulating what they can actually request. require. And so the third thing, again, that I'm asking for is is that we make sure that consumers can easily access their data to download and or electronically transfer their data between services of their choosing. Um, and so that's very, very important if you if you try to use other services. I spoke earlier today on Prometheus, which is a data standard for genetic data. And so that data standard basically allows you to export your data from, say, like a 23andMe and upload it to, say, an Ancestry.com. And you still have um, at least a standard where your your genetic data is able to be moved. And we need that really for all data. So thanks again for listening to 
um, this episode of the gray area. Hopefully we can be back in studio soon. Um, I'm actually using anchor on my laptop this time, not my phone. So the audio quality seems to be way better. Um, but I look forward to doing more episodes and I hope everybody stays well and safe. This was the gray area. Thank you.